This is an Orkney tale. It's called The Book of the Black Arts. Now, there was at one time, probably more than one, Book of the Black Arts circulating in Orkney. Now, where exactly they came from was a bit of a mystery, but it was thought that it was written by the devil in hell. It was a book that had black pages with white writing on it in an antique handwriting, and it was a book of spells. Now, if you died with that book in your possession, the book and you went straight back to its owner and master. And they said that there was a specific, a certain horrible torment lined up for the person who died with that book in their possession. There was a terrible place in the lowest pits of hell for the person who possessed that book. Now, there was a man on Sandy, a local crofter, and he became sick, and he grew more and more weak, and it looked like he was going to die. There was nothing they could do about it. There was no medicine that could cure him. Nothing would work. And he was getting thinner and thinner and weaker and weaker. And it looked like the very life force of him was ebbing away with every passing minute. Now, this was attributed to an old woman called Rachel, who was a witch. And the two of them had fallen out over something, and she had cursed him. And so he was dying because of that curse. Now, he had a teenage daughter called Chessie, and Chessie knew that his, her father had fallen out with old Rachel the witch, and she had figured that it was definitely Rachel's curse that was killing her father, and that she had to try to do something about it. Now she plucked up all the courage that her little body could muster, and she went to see old Rachel the witch. She went and opened the door and went in, and the old woman glowered at her. She received a very frosty welcome, I can tell you. Please, said the girl, uh, please, can you, can you help me? Uh, my, my father's dying, and uh, I, I, I can't bear to watch him getting weaker and weaker. Please, please, I, I know that the two of you don't get on. I know that you've fallen out, but... Please lift your curse from him. Please let him get better again. I beg you, I beg you, please. The old woman looked at her with a look of contempt. There was no way she was going to let that man live. Please, again begged Chessie, please, I'll do anything. Anything? said old Rachel, and a look of great cunning passed over her face. Anything at all to save your father? Anything, said Chessie. I promise I will do anything you ask. 
Well, said Rachel, I have here an old book I want to be rid of, and I want you to buy it from me. Oh, I don't have much money, said Jessie. That's all right, said the old woman. It's not expensive. All I want for it is a silver threepenny bit. That's three old pennies. It was a small silver coin. All I want is a silver threepenny piece for it, she said. Well, Chessie raked about in her purse, and she found a threepenny bit, and she handed it to old Rachel. And a smile passed over her face, and a look of cunning. Her eyes glowed in their deep-set sockets, and the smile was wreathed around that hideous mouth of hers. And she went, and she picked up a great leather-bound book, a great black book, and she thrust it against Chessie's breast. Chessie held the book. Now be gone, she said. Get out of my sight. Your father will recover. So she went home carrying this book. She didn't know what it was, of course. But if it came from old Rachel the witch, it was not likely to be anything good. So she didn't take it into the house where people would see it. She hid it in the barn under some straw. And then she went in to see her father. And, you know, the news was encouraging. He seemed to have recovered a bit of his strength. So she was so happy. And she watched him get better. Day after day, his strength returned. The color came back to his cheeks. He was his old self again. And he soon was able to sit up in bed and eat his porridge as good as the rest of them. Oh, she was so happy, and when he was able to get out of bed and walk around, and then start to do some work around the place, oh, her heart soared with joy. But there was still one thing that blighted her happiness, the book. What was it? Well, one day, when there was no one around, she went to the hiding place in the barn, and she took the book, and she took it to her room. She sat down on the bed, and she opened it. There was a horrible, evil smell came off it, like sulfur. And there it was with the chet black pages, and the white writing done in an antique hand, but very fine, well-educated-looking handwriting it was. Now, a lot of the words in it were unfamiliar to Chessie, but she was able to read enough of it to know what kind of book this was. It was a book of spells. But it wasn't about how to win the heart of someone that you loved, or how to bring good luck to anyone. Oh, no. This book was about how to kill animals, how to blight a crop, and how to kill people as well. Put curses on them, 
wasting diseases, fevers that would burn them up, make them rave with madness before they died. And there was spells of how to raise storms and cast ships away, and also how to agitate the sea to capsize a boat and drown all those in it. That made Chessie shudder when she read it. It was horrible. There was nothing good in that book at all. It was all spiteful and hate. Well, she became fearful. So she grabbed the pages and she tried to tear them out of the book to destroy it. But those pages were as hard as iron. She couldn't even bend one, yet alone tear one out. They were too strong. The magic in it was too strong. So, in desperation, she went over to the fire in the bedroom, and she threw the book onto the fire, and it just lay there, mocking her, the flames dancing around it, but not even a corner of it was singed. She piled on more peats, bits of wood, anything that she could get her hand on to try to burn it, dried tangles, seaweed, um, and anything but not a thing. It wouldn't burn. So after a while, when she saw this was getting nowhere, she took the tongs from the side of the fire and she carefully picked up the book and laid it on the floor. But when she touched it, to her amazement, she discovered it was stone cold. How to be rid of this thing? She got a sack and put it in the bottom of the sack, and she went down to the sea, where the rocks chutted out into the water, and there was deep water there. And she put rocks in the bottom of the sack, and she tied the mouth of it, and she swung it round and round, and she threw it as hard as she could out into the sea, and it landed with a splash and sank immediately. Ah, the relief! So she went home, but there on her bed, lying, was the book waiting to be used. She was distraught. She went out and got a spade. She dug a deep hole in the ground, and she put the book in it, and she filled it in. She could see the earth falling on top of the cover of the book, and then she chumped up and down on top of the turf to make sure that it was well and truly packed down. And then she went back to her room. And there on the bed, lying, was the book, waiting to be used. Now she knew that there was nothing that she could do to be rid of this book. She knew it was evil, and she knew that it had a life of its own. So she plucked up all her courage once more, but she didn't go back to the witch. She knew that there was no chance of her taking it back. But she went to the minister, and she said to the minister, I'm, I have something to, to tell you, something terrible. 
I I was given a, a book. Well, actually, I bought a book from old Rachel the witch in order to lift a caution on my father. And it, it's a book with black pages and white writing on it, and it's full of evil spells. And I've tried to destroy it, but I can't. What? said the minister. That that abomination of a book should be in my parish, he said. My God, what? What are you out of your senses? No, she said. I was desperate, and I loved my father so much I tried to save him. Well, the minister calmed down a bit when he heard this. Yes, the girl hadn't bought it out of malice. She had been tricked. But she had bought it willingly. Well, he says, I believe that the only thing you can do with these sorts of books is to buy it for a silver coin of a lesser value than the previous owner bought it for. Well, when Chessie heard that, she burst into tears. What is wrong, my dear, he said. I've spent a silver threepenny bet on it, she said. There is no smaller silver coin than that. I'm doomed. <clears throat> now, now, my child, said the minister. There is always a way, you know. And he went over to a drawer of a cabinet, and he pulled it out, and he rummaged through it, and then, ha-ha, he said triumphantly, taking out a small silver coin. This, he says, is an antique coin, no longer legal tender, and it is of a lesser value than the one that you paid for it. So I will give you this coin for the book. Go and bring it to me immediately." She took the coin and she ran home. She took the book and she went back to the manse where the minister lived and she handed over the book to him. Now be gone, he said. So she ran away with a light heart for the first time in a while. Now what the minister did, no one knows other than the minister. I mean, he's long gone. But maybe he prayed over it. Maybe there was some incantations that he knew himself. They were for good. But it weakened the power of the book, enough for him to build a mighty bonfire. And he burned the book on the bonfire, and this time the book did burn. And it burned with a thick, acrid, black smoke that rose up and filled the air, it turned the area around that bonfire dark, like night was falling, although the sun was high in the sky at the time. But the book was eventually reduced to ashes, and that, it is said, was the end of the book of the black arts in Sandy. Now, that's an adaptation of a story that was written by William Towery Cott, or Toury Cott, as I would say. My, my grandmother was a Toury for Sandy. Now, he was born and brought up in Sandy, but he emigrated in the 1920s to Canada, and uh, he received a good education there, and he worked in the schools department in Edmonton. 
and he wrote several books about Orkney folklore. Now, that is a well-known story in Orkney. There's various versions of it going around. But probably the version that he's thinking of, the sandy one, it was a minister called the Reverend Matthew Armour, who was the Free Kirk Minister for Cross and Burness. And that was the parish where my father was born in 1911. Now, the... Uh, the Reverend Matthew Armour came to the parish in 1860, and he was the preacher there. He was the minister, Free Kirk minister, until his death in 1903. And it was attributed to him, the destruction of this book. And it seemed that powerful ministers were the people who these stories attached themselves to, because there was another minister, a Church of Scotland minister, called the Reverend Charles Clouston, and he was the minister in Sandwick from 1832 to 1884. And it was said that he also bought a copy of the Book of the Black Arts from somebody using an ancient coin. And what he did was he buried his one, and it, he dug a deep hole in the garden of his manse at Flotterston in Sandwick, and he buried the Book of the Black Arts there with a Bible on top of it, to stop it from rising, and then filled in the hole, and that was the end of that. They say that the book is still there, but I would urge anyone not to try to find it, because the consequences will not be pretty.'